everybody, and welcome to another episode of Magic with Zuby. My name is Zuby, and today this is going to be, well, for all of you in audio land, this was actually a recorded video podcast. I mean, it still has audio, of course, but you can also check out the video portion of it, you know, because I try to describe the best I can with um, what's showing up on the screen. But if you're really interested in checking out the video portion, you can check it out at youtube.com slash magic Yeah, you'll see some other stuff on there, but you know, I'm I'm trying to add some more magic. I'm like I'm not going to focus on it too much, but uh, you know, we'll see. But um, you can also find the video on magicwazubi.com, and it'll also be on you know the place all the other places where you can find Magic Wazubi. Um, which huh, let's get right into it. Which can be iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, MTGCast.com. And if you wish to email me. You can send me a message at mtgzubi at gmail.com. Magic Wazubi is also on Facebook at facebook.com slash Magic as well as Twitter at Magic Wazubi. Uh, let's see. Let's get some advertisements on to keep the lights going. We've got legitmtg.com. LegitMTG.com not only has some really well-written articles, but also offers free shipping on all orders over $2 or more. Ever get tired of going to other sites and just have to buy some cheap singles and shipping costs more than what you're buying? No more. Any order over $2 or more has free shipping at LegitMTG.com. And I say it over and over again, I love purchasing from them. They um, always have a really good selection and their sealed product is really good as well. Horizon Datasys, this week's episode is brought to you by Horizon Datasys, makers of Rollback RX. Do you ever wish you could take your PC back in time and restore to a pristine state? Rollback RX not only allows you to bring your machine back to any point in time, but it's a great, 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 great way to recover from a bad driver update, viruses, or even a botched installation. Horizon Datasys doesn't tend to discount their products often, as they know it's going to save you hundreds of dollars in recovering your PC. But for listeners of Magic Wazubi, they've provided us an exclusive discount. Visit https colon slash slash goo.gl slash capital D-I capital B-V-A capital F for 25% off Rollback RX. And as usual, I will be sure to tweet that link out if you're interested. And last but not least, Five Color Combo is a great resource to find custom tokens, playmats, or other accessories. Learn more about Magic the Gathering and keep up with the latest news and strategies. They've also developed the premier app for getting better at Limited called Magic Drafter. Go to fivecolorcombo.com today or click on the links in the description to check it out. So, like I said before, we're going to be discussing some standard and more standard. And it's really just going to be a standard type episode. Haha, no pun intended. But before we get into that... You know, I've been running this little contest of, you know, giving away these two EDH decks, and we're going to have two winners. So I'm going to do this live on the recorded air, and I've got the names of everyone who's emailed me, and here we go. Let's see who's going to be the first winner of the Wade into Battle deck. That's the Boros deck. And let's see, I've got all the names in the list, and I'm going to pick a random name, and the first winner is Jess, G-E-S. I will go ahead and email you for your shipping info, and congrats on winning Wade in Battle. The second winner for, what's that one called? Swell the Host, the Simic one, the green-blue one. Let's see who is going to win that one. I'm going to pick a random name here, 
MTG Prowess is the second winner. Sorry, that's the only name I have for you, but I will be sure to email both of you your shipping info and send you your prizes. And if you want to do me a favor, if you just want to go ahead and send me or tweet me a picture of when you receive it, that would be awesome. So anyways, congrats to the winners. I'm planning on having some other content, not re not really contests, but giveaways. Um, I'm planning whenever the new dual deck comes out, I'm probably going to be giving that away. And when the new Planeswalker intro decks come out, I might be giving those away as well too. So just stay tuned for those. And, you know, for Jess and MTG Prowess, congrats on the wins. And all right, everybody, here is the episode. Thank you. All right, and here we are with a special, well, it's not, I guess it's special because I don't really do this. I've only done one other one, a, another video podcast. So if you're listening to the audio portion of this, I am sorry that you're not going to see a lot of the cool stuff that I have shown up on the screen. So if you are really interested in seeing the video of it, um, I am still going to be talking about and describing in the while I'm talking so you have an idea of what I'm talking about but if you really want to see the video of it um, you can check it out on my twitch channel twitch.tv slash Zubatron or the YouTube channel youtube.com slash I think that's it um, I've been for the long time I've been using my normal YouTube account for some of the magic with Zuby stuff but I don't even know hold on I'm trying to if YouTube wants to load up for me and put it up in the screen over there. Um, apparently it doesn't want to load up because YouTube sucks. Yeah, you suck YouTube. Oh, there it goes. Oh, now you want to load? Um, I guess my channel Magic with Zuby. I guess that's what it is. I don't know. I, I just mainly built this or created this for some of my magic streams and I'm gonna slowly I've been really really lazy about it putting I'm gonna put up the the podcast on here too on YouTube the majority of the podcasts are just gonna be audio with just my logo on there but there are gonna be a there's I did one other video podcast I think it was episode 17 and this episode and Maybe next week's episode is going to be video podcast as well. So not I'm also going to have an audio portion. So don't worry if you're listening to this in audio. You already know there's an audio portion. So boom. Um, all right. So before we get into today's topic, uh, I, I'm going to be discussing some cool standard decks that I saw last week on Star City Games. You know, just to really just to really give some people an understanding of what else is out there besides band company and green white tokens and black white control. Those have been like the three decks that I see the most in my meta. So it's ju just to give some spotlight on some others. I, you know, I just thought of it. I do see some green black seasons pass once in a while, not too much, 
but these three decks that I'm going to showcase tonight, and we'll also watch a video or two, depending on how much time passes, and to see, you know, j just to give like a little replay of how they play. So as you're listening to this, I normally record my intros after the recording, and I know I mentioned in last week's episode that I'm going to be announcing the winners for the giveaway so by the time you hear this when i finish the editing for the audio portion you will know who the winner is for the edh uh, commander 2015 deck giveaways and in case anyone's watching the live video feed and is interested here are the two decks i'm giving away hold on No, one of them already has a rip. I mean, it's not open yet or anything. But um, let's make sure video can see. So I'm giving away the Swell the Host Simic deck with Azuri. And some glare there because it's awesome. And then I'm also giving away the Wade into Battle Boros deck. So if you've been listening to the past episodes, you notice or you should know that I'm giving away these two decks. And like I said, by the time this comes out on the audio portion, as I always record the intro after, you'll know who the winners are. But if you're one of the special ones listening to this episode live, you can send me an email at mtgzubi at gmail.com, code word cowabunga in the subject line, and have a chance to enter to win. And like I said... So that that's only for the people listening to this live. If you're listening to the audio, the contest is already over by now. And let me just put these back. Because I don't want them in my face. So what's been going on in my magic world lately? I opened up three boxes of Eldritch Moon. Pulled, pulled some good stuff. Pulled two Emrakuls, a Liliana, Tamio, Tamio, whatever and some other assorted rares. I went to FNM last night and played some Bant Company and got second place. The only thing I lost to was a Sultai Delirium deck. And it was a really cool deck. I know while I'm recording this, what is it, SCG... Was it Baltimore is going on right now? And Todd Stevens is playing a really cool green-black Delirium deck. And it just, it looks freaking awesome. So, yeah, so I, I did that last night. And, you know, it was all right. It was all right. It, it did okay. And, you know, I beat, when did I beat? I beat a Bant Company mirror match. Burn. And who was the other one? Oh, white. Was it white blue or white red? White. It was white something humans. Or maybe it was yeah, it was something humans. Oh, no, no, it was Bant humans. That's right, that's right, because he was playing three colors. And I beat that. Um, Yeah, my Bant company deck right now is pre-Eldritch Moon, because I'm waiting on two Spell Quellers to come in. So, I mean, there's that. And I'm doing. I'm not playing the version with Avacyn, I'm playing the, the Eldrazi Displacer version, which I like a lot better than Avacyn, because I just love bouncing you know reflector mage and bounding graces back to my hand over and over and over again 
So it was awesome. So what else has been going on with me with Magic? I've been practicing Grix's Delver more. Um, really trying to get it down because there's that modern open going on in Orlando in September, which I will be attending. Hopefully. Hopefully my job does not interfere again. Because last time when it was in Orlando, I had to work that weekend. And I'm hope that they better not better not interfere. Because I already requested the time off and it got approved. So boom. And I'm not on call that week. No, I'm not. So yeah, there's that. Uh anything else going on with me personally? Um been working a lot. Uh I mean magic wise, it's been been trying to get in games whenever I can online on X Mage. And yeah, that's about it. So, as I said, tonight's episode, I wanted to sort of showcase three different decks that I found really interesting. And if you're like me and tired of seeing Bant Coco, Green White Tokens, some random form of humans, maybe Black White Control, even though I'm part of the problem, I play Bant Coco. You know, I just especially last week at last week's star city games i saw these three decks and thought wow these are awesome you know finally some different flavors hopefully they stick around um watching star city games i think it's still i think it's baltimore i think i'm right probably maybe i don't know and i i did see at least one of them still in the fray i haven't seen the other two really so I guess we'll just have to wait and see. And then plus the Pro Tour is coming up soon. And we will just hopefully, hopefully, um, we may see something different. But I, I'm expecting a lot of Green White Tokens and Bant Coco. I mean, I was, I was talking about it the other day with some other guys and was asking myself, is this worse? Is the Collective Company fiasco worse than Abzan was? Because at least with Abzan, it was, you know, you had Abzan aggro, Abzan midrange, Abzan control. I mean, there was a lot of different variations you could have with Abzan. And with Collected Company, I mean, it just fits in so many shells. And the Collected Company, the Bant Coco we have right now is very different compared to the Rally, Rally the Ancestors deck we had in previous Standard Before Shadows. Which was four color madness. Oh, jeez. I do not miss that, by the way. Where just everything was four color good stuff. That was a very miserable standard. Even though I played Rally, um, I enjoyed the deck. But there were just some nights where I just did not want to play Rally. Because Rally the Ancestors is a very technical deck. Very, you know, you have to remember every single trigger that, you know, happens on the stack. And there were just some nights where I was just... Thinking, you know, I don't feel like thinking, so I'll just play something really straightforward, some aggro deck, a Tarka Red, or was that, oh, I also liked playing Red Green Ramp back then, but that was when um I think I was playing Ramp more when Oath came out. But that's besides the point. Let's get on and talk about some of these decks here. And pull up my list. Um oh. First of all, let's talk about my boy Todd Stevens and his green-black delirium deck, which this is his list from Columbus from last week. 
so by the time this comes out on the audio portion be two weeks ago so i don't know how much it's changed from last week to this week but one of the things i really liked about this deck was one there's no collect a company which is a major plus and two it is i mean it does have green but it just seems unique in the sense that right now we have a sort of graveyard deck and standard in a sense you know your graveyard matters it it seems especially with some of the standard decks right now the graveyard eh, doesn't matter too much but this one it does because you really need that delirium so like i said if you're not watching the video of it i have the deck pulled up and right now his main 60 he has four Deathmiss Raptors, and in case you forget, it's one colorless and two green. It's a Lizard Beast, Death Touch. Whenever a permanent you control is turned face up, you may return Deathmiss Raptor from your graveyard to the battlefield face up or down, or face down. Um, you can play it as a morph, and it has a Mega Morph of four colorless and a green, which Mega Morph, that was the super awesome mechanic that was introduced in Dragons of Tarkir, where when you flip a morph, it gets a plus one, plus one counter on it. And I'm surprised to see this card back in standard. I really like this card. I did not like playing against it when it was really popular. And what was it? Green Red Devotion, I think, when it first came out. Was that was that the shell it was in at first? Something like that. I think so. You know, Den Protector, Death Mist, and Dragon Lord of Tarka. Um... But yeah, I'm glad to see this card back. It's such a good card. Oh, it has a three, it's three power, three toughness. Really good card, death touch. And if you don't exile it, it just has that recursion where it's just going to keep coming back over and over and over again. Especially when you have death mist that has a morph. And then the other card that's in this deck is three den protector. And Den Protector is one colorless and a green. Creatures with power less than Den Protector's power can't block it. And it has Megamorph again of one colorless and a green. When Den Protector is turned face up, return target card from your graveyard to your hand. So it has that eternal witness effect when it's turned face up that you return any card you want to your hand. And what's cool about this, say you got some Deathmiss Raptors in your graveyard, and you turn and you flip up the Den Protector, boom, you just get those Deathmiss Raptors back onto the battlefield. Right? Yeah, you may return to the battlefield face up or face down. Yep. So yeah, that's that's what's really cool about it. That's what I really like. And let's see, it also has Narwood Dryad, which at first glance, this card is kind of eh. You know, oh, it's a one. It's one green has death touch one one, but it has delirium where it gets plus two plus two as long as there are four or more card types among cards in your graveyard, which it becomes a three three for one. So with this kind of deck that Todd Stevens built and is playing, it doesn't look hard to get delirium with this. You know, it's. So you're getting so much value out of just one colorless, and it's a 3-3 when it hits the field. Uh, let's see. Uh, one of the newer cards from Eldritch Moon, Grim Flare, one black and one green. Human Warrior with Trample. And whenever Grim Flare deals combat damage to a player, look at the top three cards of your library. Put any number of them into your graveyard and the rest back on top of your library in any order. So 
that's not bad. It You do need to deal combat damage for that. And the delirium effect is it gets plus two, plus two. So, like I said, with this kind of deck where it seems easy to get delirium, you have a four, four for two. Boom. Value. Right there. Oh, we're going to value town. Ugh, I hate that. I hate that word. I don't know. I'm just not a fan of that phrase. Uh, Minewreck Demon. So I'm not sure if Todd Stevens is playing this card this week because I watched a few of his matches in Baltimore. I think it's Baltimore, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Baltimore Open. But I totally knew that. Uh, mine, yeah, because it says so right on the page right here that I'm looking at. I'm staring at it. Um, so I don't know if he's playing it, but Minerack Demon is two colorless, two black, flying trample. When Minerack Demon enters the battlefield, put the top four cards of your library into your graveyard. And if you have Delirium activated at the beginning of your upkeep, you lose four life unless there are four or more card types among cards in your graveyard. And it's a four or five flying trample, which that's not bad at all it's out of reach for languish and grasp of darkness and you just can't ask for something you know much better than that uh we got sylvan advocate which is a one colorless and a green vigilance everybody if you're playing standard you should know what this card is by now um in case you don't know for some of my listeners as long as you control six or more lands, sylvan advocate and land creatures you control get plus two plus two so, yeah, it's no surprise that in every green deck this card is being played. You know, it's not hard to get six lands out, and it's a 4-5 for two with Vigilance. It's, it's a ridiculous card, and it's a really, really good card. And then one of the newer cards, this is the, the, this is the card right here that I really like with this deck. It, I'm probably saying this wrong. Ishkana, Graph Widow. The legendary creature spider, the legendary spider for four colorless and a green, has reach. And when you have delirium activated, when this card enters the battlefield, you put three one two green spider creature tokens with reach onto the battlefield. And you can also pay six colorless and a black, and target opponent loses one life for each spider you control. So I've seen this card do some nasty work where you play it. You know, you get the three cards. Oh, your opponent Reflector Mages it, which bounces it back to your hand. And, oh, okay, yeah, you can't cast it next turn, but your next turn, boom. Um, you just get three more Spider Tokens. And this card does work. The bad side about this card is not that great when you don't have Delirium. It just becomes a 3-5 body, which is sort of, eh. You know, I mean, it's not bad. For just a 3-5 by itself, but you really want the Delirium for this. Otherwise, it's sort of meh. And the Delirium is what makes it better, because you, you're just putting more and more bodies out on the field there. And let's see, we've got... For planes... Okay, so that's all the creatures. It's running 20 creatures here. We For Planeswalkers, we got Liliana the Last Hope, which is the new Liliana of the set. And it is a, in case people don't know, it's one black, two, or one colorless, two black. And she starts with three loyalty counters. Her plus one is up to one target creature, gets negative two, negative one until your next turn. Negative two is put the top two cards of your library into your graveyard. Then you may return a creature card from your graveyard to your hand. So another good 
enabler for delirium in case you don't have it by then. And her ultimate negative seven, you get an emblem with at the beginning of your end step, put X two two black zombie creature tokens onto the battlefield where X is two plus the number of zombies you control. So in some of the matches I saw Todd Stevens play, the he got the emblem out, I think, in two rounds where it was just ridiculous. And, you know, one, you can't get rid of an emblem in the game once it's created. There's no way to get rid of it. So he just kept on producing bodies on the field. Even if he was down by life, you know, every at the end of every turn, he was creating two zombies, two, two, two zombies. I mean, yeah, it, it it's not that great if your teammate has a lot of flyers, which that's a downside to it. But, you know, that's where the spiders come in, the spider tokens where they have reach. Oh, okay, yeah, he's got Avacyn, Gisela, Bruna, whatever. You know, I can block those, boom, be done with it, then come back and attack them after the end. And, you know, but at least you're constantly going to be having bodies on the field. You're going to at least minimum, minimum have two, two, two zombies on the field at the end of every turn when you have that emblem. So Liliana, the last hope so far seems to be a pretty good card in standard. So far, it's still early. I mean, who knows? Someone could come up with something and break it. I mean break standard again and it could not it could turn out to not be that great but it's still a really good card it's not liliana of the veil good but it's it's still good i i enjoy it at least from what i've seen so far the land base is not too bad it's pretty simple six forests eight swamp two evolving wilds four hissing quagmire which is the creature land the green black creature land which it can become a two two black green elemental creature with death touch which that's i've seen that come in you know very very handy um just last night i was playing against a sultai delirium and my dumbass, i went in for i went in for the kill i had enough to kill him and he activated his hissing quagmire which killed one of my big guys i don't remember who it was it was probably a sylvan advocate he blocked and then yeah, I made that play mistake because I completely forgot he had Hissing Quagmire out. Boom, you know, that was only to his advantage. So there you go. It's probably one of the better man land or creature lands that are out there right now. And for Lanawar Waste, which is the green-black pain land, uh, for spells that this deck is playing, you've got four Deadweight, which is one black. It enchants the creature. Enchanted creature gets negative two, negative two. You know, pretty good removal for... I mean, I see it being good against humans early game before the always watching drop, draps, drops, drops, because I speak English well. And then you've got four Grasp of Darkness, which is pretty much turning to the go-to black removal, this standard. I mean, and by no means is it bad. It's good. You know, two black, target creature gets negative four, negative four until end of turn. You've got four Ruinous Path, which is one black and two, one colorless, two black, destroy target creature or planeswalker, and it has Awaken for five colorless, two black, where if you cast a spell, you put four one one counters on a target land, and it becomes a zero zero elemental creature with haste. So, I mean, it, from what I've seen with some of the matches with the green black delirium, I haven't seen the Awaken part be used too much. 
I mean, yeah, it could be good if you're board wiped and don't have anything else in your hand except that. So you can at least have a creature out on the field. But that's where the creature lands come into play. Uh, let's see. So that is the main deck for it. Um, I mean, I guess I can go over the sideboard. The si sideboards always change. I don't usually most of the time I don't like discussing the sideboard because it's really dependent on your meta. What what Todd Stevens using in an open is not necessarily what is going to be used at your local FNM or your local IQ, PPTQ, whatever it may be. But the sideboard he has right now is one Den Protector, three Aerial Volley, which is a one green instant. Aerial Volley deals three damage divided as you choose among one, two, or three target creatures with flying. So that's very, very, you know, dependent on your meta. If you've got a lot of, you know, blue-white spirits going on or... And of course, my pop filter likes to be dumb. It's probably making a lot of noise on the recording. I apologize for that. And like I said, it's really dependent if there's a lot of maybe blue white spirits or um, spell quellers now. Uh, there's two more Ishkanaz, which is the legendary spider, two Kalidas Trader of Get, which. You know, I guess I'm not surprised that it's not main board. It's a really good card. Because before, before Eldritch Moon came out, I was seeing Kalidus in almost every black deck for the most part. And Kalidus, if you forgot, is a two colorless, two black lifelink. If a non-creature token and a, an opponent controls would die, instead exile that card and put a two-two black zombie creature token onto the battlefield. And you can pay two and a black... Sacrifice on their vampire or zombie. Put two 1-1 one, one counters on Kalidas, Traitor of Get. Two Duress, which target opponent reveals his or her hand. You choose a non-creature, non-land card from it. That player discards that card. One Languish, everybody's favorite board wipe right now. Two Colorless, two Black. All creatures get negative four, negative four until end of turn. And four Transgress the Mind, which is one colorless and a black. Target player player reveals his or her hand you choose a card from it with converted mana cost three or greater and exile that card so there you go it's like i said if you really enjoy this deck you know definitely look at the main board for it but as as i've said before in many episodes try to build your sideboard dependent on your meta you know that's really really important if your meta is heavy bank coco which it looks like what Todd Stevens was building towards, at least in here, you know, copy the sideboard if you want. If you're, if you go to a place, there's a lot of homebrews, who the heck knows what you're going to choose? You know, it just, like I said, really depends. I try not to, you know, pray, not really praise, but really talk too much about sideboard there. So, let me see, where is the video? Let's look at the video of Todd Stevens playing Green Black Delirium. This is at the Columbus Open, and it's round 12. Yeah, round 12, and he's playing against Nathan Nathan Stewart, who is on Bant Company. So you're going to hear some audio here. And like I said, for people listening to the audio portion of this, I apologize. I am going to try to at least describe what's on the screen the most um 
Oh, I guess it's only showing because it's only a 13 minute video, but it's only showing, I guess, the second match. So in the video, it's starting off. It looks like in the middle of match two, round two. Yeah, match two, whatever. And right now on the field, Todd Stevens, he's got three, six, seven, eight, eight mana out. It looks like three swamp, oh, one Lanawar waste. Is that two forests and two more swamp, it looks like? I think so. And then he's got Ishkana out with three spider tokens and a morph, which is going to be his den protector. And I can only assume he has delirium out since he has the spider tokens. Um, I can't read what's in his graveyard. And his opponent, Nathan Stewart on Bant Company, has got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. He's got seven land out. Um, two Duskwatch recruiters and it looks like at the beginning of the video it is on Nathan's draw so he's drawing and it looks like uh, oh he's doing he activated the Duskwatch recruiter ability which if you forget the Duskwatch recruiter ab ability oh yeah so you can see my cockatrice go on you know, I don't want you to see my super secret um, Grixis Delver deck uh, so Duskwatch recruiter's ability in case you don't know, is two colorless and a green. Look at the top three cards of your library. You may reveal a creature card from among them and put it into your hand. Put the rest on the bottom of your library in any order. So now he's doing this. He's looking for a creature here. He needs to... Nathan really needs to figure out because... Right now, it looks like Todd's board state is slightly better. He's got he's got the... He's got the... um The Ishkanael. He's got a morph, which he's going to flip, and he could flip it at the end of Nathan's turn and get back whatever card he wants. And he's got the three spider tokens just for blocking purposes. So it looks like Nathan did Dustwatch Recruiter's ability and got a bounding crisis. So right now he's waiting on the play. It looks like he's passing the turn to him now. And so, like I said, it... The video started in the middle of Nathan's turn, it looked like. And looks like what Nathan's turn only did was just use Duskwatch Recruiter's ability. And now he's flipping the Duskwatch Recruiter, which becomes... Oh, God, what does it become? It becomes like Crawling Horde something. Um, I really wish it showed... What does it become? Crawling... Crawling Horde Howler, it becomes. When when Dustwatch Recruiter flips, it turns into Crawling Horde Howler. The good thing about that is creature spells you cast cost one less to cast, which that's just very invaluable for Band Company. So let's go back. It looks like he's flipping both Dustwatch Recruiters. Or maybe not. No, he only flipped over... Oh, maybe before... So, it looked like before Todd Stevens... Okay, that was interesting. So, before Todd Stevens' upkeep completed... Or, no, no. looks like the the um, transform trigger was on the stack, and he activated the other Dustwatch Recruiter's uh, look at the top three cards ability, and he looked like he found an Archangel Avison. So, he's flipping both now. And it's Todd Stevens' turn. And what is Todd Stevens going to be doing here? Did he already draw? Okay, yeah. So he's attacking with the Morphin Ishkana. So he's got two three threes 
there. So was that the smartest thing to attack? So we know his morph is Den Protector. So is he going to flip it at this point? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be starting and stopping the video because I want to discuss some parts. So, hold on. Oh, so it looked like, okay, so he double blocked with the Crawling Horde Howlers, both of them, and he let the morph go through. And now he's tapping a swamp and two green, and he got he has a death mist out, which that's not bad. So Todd Stevens has no cards in hand right now, and he passes it back to Nathan. Nathan is deciding what the f am I gonna do? Of course, it's probably not what he's saying, but be like, ah, that's what I'd be thinking right now. And okay, so he passed the turn back. And so Todd Stevens drew. Okay, so he does. He plays the Bounding Crisis on the first main phase of Todd Stevens. With if you don't remember what Bounding Crisis is, it is one colorless, a green and blue, and it has flash. Let me just pull it up here, all so I know the exact wording. Bounding Crisis flash when Bounding Crisis enters the battlefield, it may tap or untap target creature. It's a three-three. Very, very good card in Bant Company. And, you know, especially one of my favorite cards when I have the Eldrazi Displacer out as well. So I can keep flashing that in, you know, tapping another creature. Of course, I do prefer Reflector Mage instead of Bounding Crisis. But if that's all I have, Bounding Crisis and Eldrazi Displacer, boom, I will take it. So he flashes that in. He taps. Taps it. So he's flipping over the Den Protector now. It doesn't look like he had much of a choice. So the thing with flipping the Den Protector, Den Protector is a 2-1. The good thing about this is he can now go ahead and attack with with just with no blocks. And the reason why is because Den Protector, it states that creatures with power less than... Oh, never mind. It's creatures with power less than Den Protector's power can't block it. I'm really good at knowing cards. Never mind. So, yeah, it's a 3 2. So, both those creatures match um, Den Protector's power. So, when he flipped Den Protector, he got Ishkana back and played it and is getting three more spider tokens. So, he's got a total of six spider tokens right now. So, at this point in the game, Nathan's really got to be thinking, oh crap. Um, if he. So this is the second round. I'm assuming, just assuming here, I don't know what Nathan's sideboard is, but I really hope he either has a tra tragic arrogance or a decorate. I can't, I can't talk. This is what happens. This is what happens. I can't talk. I, I, just, I just can't talk. Can't say names. I'm really good at English. Um, declaration in stone. So hopefully Nathan has one of those cards. And is about to do something here. You know, I can't see exactly what he has. He he is showing that he has another Bounding Crisis in hand. Which, what is he doing? Okay, he's going to flash in Bounding Crisis to tap Ishkana. Um, he's already played two spells, so his Kralin Horde changes back into Dustwatch Recruiter. Which, that is one of the downsides when you have Werewolves. If you cast two or more spells, if... A player casts two or more spells in a turn, your werewolf flips back. So now the turn goes back to Nathan. 
And so what is he going to do here? He draws and he's thinking, thinking. What is he going to do here? He's getting his land together. He's Okay, so he's using the Dust Watch Recruiter ability to do some digging. And I see a Sylvan Advocate in hand, and it looks like a Jace, maybe, and a Negate in his hand. I would take the Sylvan Advocate. You know, that's a 4-5. Okay, he takes the Jace. Unless he has a collected company in his graveyard. Yeah, what, I take the Jace. The, if... Well, no, no, Todd Stevens doesn't have any cards in hand, so taking the Jace is the better play. If he does have Collected Company in his graveyard, boom, that's just a really good flashback. So he just has to wait a turn before he can use that. Um, Todd Steve It's Todd Stevens' turn now, and ooh, yeah. That was what I was worried about. Oh, he had a negate in hand already. So, okay, so Nathan just negated a dead weight from Todd Stevens. So that's not too bad. And so Todd seems just going all out and attacking. Um, is this the smartest play right now? Um, so Todd Stevens Field right now has Ishkana, Deathmist, Den Protector, and six spiders. And Nathan's Field has two Bounding Crisis, a Dustwatch Recruiter, and a Jace. He can block with the Jace, at least with one of the spiders. Dustwatch Recruiter... Um, I'd block a spider. You know, the bounding crisis. You know, he's got a problem here. He can double block the Ishkana. There is a chance that Todd Stevens can get Ishkana back, which produces more spider tokens. Nathan is at 14. Todd is at 16. So my thinking right here, you know, Den Protector... You can block Den Protector with a bounding, and you know Den Protector goes away at least. Um, Death Miss is just going to be one of those recurring, you know, cards. So let's see what Nathan is deciding here. Th th this is a tough one because you're going to lose a decent amount of life regardless, and that's one of the things with the Green Block Delirium deck where it's just that recursion just keeps going and going and going. But the advantage that Nathan has is Todd Stevens is relying on top decks. And that never reliable. You know, especially the card that you need. So let's see what he's deciding here. He's deciding on blocks. It looks like Duskwatch. Dusk, is Duskwatch recruiting or the Bounding Crisis blocking a spider? And so he's taking the Bounding Crisis and Duskwatch blocking Ishkana. And Jace is going to block one of the spider tokens. Is Bounding blocking one of the spider tokens? Looks like it. So if it looks like he's bounding one of the spider token, blocking one of the spider tokens, so he's going to take one, two, three, four. Uh, or is it blocking Den Protector? One, two, five, uh, six, seven, eight. So he looks like he's going to take eight damage, it looks like. What just happened? Uh, I'm not sure what just happened here. Did they... Okay, so... Okay, he's doing the blocking again. He's blocking Bounding with Ishkana, Bounding with Den Protector, Duskwatch with Death Mist. And... Okay. 
Not sure if this is the smarter play here. If I was him, I probably would have double blocked bounding in Duskwatch with the Ishkana like he originally had. And let's see here. He's still waiting, waiting, waiting. Okay, Jace. Okay, we're going to skip ahead a little bit. So he's down to nine right now. So doing all those blocks, he really, really gave himself, you know, bad board state right now. At least if he had blocked, double blocked the Ishkana with bounding and dusk watch, he would have gotten rid of that on the field. Um, st I still would have blocked and bounding with den protector just to get rid of that. And yeah, so not sure if that was the best play. So it's now back to Nathan's turn. He's down to two. Ooh, he's got to do something. So he taps Jace and he's going to flip Jace now. Looking at his graveyard. Does he have a collected company in hand? Uh, let's see. Does he have collected company? Oh, he has Declaration in Stone on top. Okay. So he discarded Archangel Avacyn and he flipped Jace and he flashed back in Declaration of Stone. He wiped the spider tokens. Like I said, I'm not still not sure if that was the best move in the previous the previous turn. Where he could have gotten rid of Ishkana and Den Protector. That way when he did flashback in the Declaration of Stone, he would have you know, just death mist to contend with, which that is a much better than, um, much better than, you know, having a death miss and an Ishkana out right now. So wait, what is he doing? So he's only got one creature out, a tireless tracker. And he's, and I, he's got one card in hand. He's turning it back to Todd Stevens, Todd Stevens, is contemplating what he's going to do. I don't know what he drew. And he's got Ishkana. Oh, Bounding Crisis. So he flashed him Bounding Crisis. And he's tapping the Death Miss Raptor. Nathan flashed in the Bounding Crisis. And Todd Steven just passed the turn. And going back to Nathan. Nathan's got something up his sleeve. Okay, so he's sacrificing a clue from the tireless tracker that he played earlier i forgot to mention that and i don't know what he drew look is that a lamb Holt pacifist which is the three three that can't attack i can't tell if it's a uh, i can't freaking see it this is one thing that makes it tough when trying to view a match a reflector mage okay that's what it that's what i thought it was reflector mage and did he target the ishkana i don't know if that was the best choice though targeting the Ishkana because it's just going to be able to get the tokens back in a turn. So he went and attacked and Todd Stevens took well, like four, seven damage and Nathan played another Sylvan Advocate. He's down to one. So it looks like he paid, played a pain land to be able to play that Reflector Mage. Oh no. Todd Stevens with the Den Protector playing on his turn. He just passes back. He's Nathan's in a predicament now. Nathan doesn't have any cards in hand. So here's the board state right now. He, on Nathan's side, he's down to one life. He's got a Jace at three, a Reflector Mage, Sylvan Advocate at four or five, since he has 
a lot of lands. A tireless tracker and a bounding crisis. So he's got four creatures, a Deathmiss Raptor on Todd's Todd Stevens side, and a morph, which is a den protector. So Todd Stevens at the end of Nathan's turn, if he chooses not to attack, he I mean, I would well I don't know, I wouldn't attack yet. Because that just leaves them wide open. So he can flip the den protector and get back guy, get back anything. I mean, I don't know. So he's got the clue. Is he gonna crack a clue? He's gonna crack a crack a clue because he's messing Nathan's messing with his mana base right now. Tapping a blue and a white. Or wait, no, he's tapping the two pain lands. Cracking the clue, getting the new counter on Tireless Tracker. He drew. Not sure what he drew there. Um, he's looking through his graveyard, though. So does that mean he's got some recursion going on? Unless, because Jace is at three, is he going to flash back something in? I can't tell. I wish I could see the card in his hand. Uh, so what's he going to do? What's he going to do? He's thinking. He's thinking. He's thinking, thinking, thinking. Uh, so he's... Negative three in Jace, which is going to kill him. What is he going to flash back in? I don't know exactly what's in his graveyard. There's a collected company. That would definitely be good. Ah, oh, so he's tapping. Jermoka's command. Okay, so he's going to have Bounding Crisis. Okay. Oh, it was a Death Miss. That's right. So it was a Death Miss. Ooh, that was a good psych out. Because I thought it was a Den Protector. Okay. So... Not a bad play. I don't know if that was the smart thing to do to just go all out. So he, so Nathan attacked with the tireless bounding and reflector mage. Todd blocked with the death mist and killed off the tireless tracker. And so Todd is going to take four, five, six, six damage, bringing him down to three. So it's three life against one. And, oh, Nathan has another Sylvan Advocate. Ooh, that's going to be a tough one. So, what did Todd Stevens do? We know he has the Ishkanon hand, which he can play and get back three, um, three spider tokens. So, he's thinking here. What's he going to do? Oh, what's the other card? Oh, the other card in hand's a Liliana. Well, that's not a bad card. And uh, so he he's he's trying to plot tapping his mana right now. Let's skip ahead a little bit. So he got Liliana out, and it looked like he negged it. And he's gonna get oh he's gonna get a dent protector. Okay, he can ah so th this is a good this is a good thing he got he negged to Liliana and got dent protector back. So he can play dent protector as a morph, flip it, get two Deathmiss Raptors out on the field and just really stall, you know, gunk up the board with Nathan here. And for anybody who's listening to the audio, I really apologize that, you know, you're not seeing. I'm trying to paint the picture as best I can here. And let's see, is he going to morph? Yeah, he's going to play a morphed Den Protector. Is he going to flip it right away or wait? It'll... Maybe the smarter thing to do would be to wait. I don't know. Because the only other card in hand he has right now is an Ishkanon. No, he doesn't want to wait. 
flips up the den protector. Gets two Deathmiss Raptors back. See, that's why that card is so good. Oh, wait, how do you get a Grasp of Darkness? Oh, 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 oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's right, that's right. My bad, my bad. Um, duh. Because he flipped Den Protector, he got the Deathmiss Raptors back automatically. And Den Protector's Eternal Witness ability, getting the Grasp of Darkness, tapping that, killing off the Bounding Crisis. So now Nathan is in some big trouble. He's got three creatures to face here. He's got one card in hand, and he plays another Sylvan on his turn. So he's got two four fives and a 2-3. It's kind of hard to attack into that because he can attack with the two Sylvans, but they'll just die from the Deathmiss Raptors. Yeah, Todd Steven, he can go all out. He can not block the Reflector Mage and just take... He If he were to... Yeah, yeah, it would just be dumb because he would just block the Sylvan out because the Deathmiss Raptors to kill him. And so Nathan passes turn, so now it's back to Todd Stevens. And it looks like he got a Hissing Quagmire, and he's got Ishkana in hand. Now I would, yeah, he played the Hissing Quagmire. I would just play Ishkana. Uh, so is he going to go and attack? It looks like he's thinking about attacking here. I'm not sure if that's the smartest thing. Yeah, because I would plus, plus up Liliana and target probably. Oh, he's targeting a Sylvan Advocate. Yeah, that's good. And just going all out and attacking. So Nathan has to block. He has to block all of them. Okay, so. And then he plays Ishkanad, gets three spider tokens out. You know, Nathan just lost a Sylvan Advocate. Oh, and Nathan top decked to land and. That was Green Black Delirium. So some of the things I took away from that deck was, as I was saying before when I was describing it, was it's very graveyard. You know, you're playing with your graveyard a lot. Um, Bank Company can, and that's really only with Jace when you're trying to flash back something. The thing that I really liked with the Green Black Delirium deck, let me pull up the list again was especially with what we saw in Todd Stevens game where he had no board he would top deck a den protector you know play it more flip it up boom get death miss raptor back out on the field uh having Liliana you know doing the negative two and then returning your creature back to your hand you know he I think one of the turns it, he played Liliana got den protector back played it as a more flipped it up got death miss raptor grasp of darkness killed off one of his bounding crisis it's this deck just does a lot of work. I'm really excited to see where this goes. Um, I hope, you know, as the weeks go on, the list gets more fine-tuned with it. And we get to see, you know, more more fun with it. Because I'm really tempted to build it, but with it being so close to rotation with Kaladesh coming out, um, I would have to invest in the Deathmiss Raptors. And possibly one to two more den protectors. I think I have two right now. But it's I, I don't know if I feel like investing in it right now. And plus the Liliana, the last hopes. Ugh. I'll eventually get I'll eventually get him. Oh god. I should be yawning. Sorry about that. It's really and of course I'm bumping into the mic too. It's really professional of me to just yawn in front of y'all's faces, yeah. 
And let's go and talk about the next deck that I really liked. It was Jeff Hoagland's, or Hoagland's, however you say it, Blue-White Spirits deck. One of the things that Eldritch Moon brought us was better spirits. At least construct constructible, is that a word? Constructible? Constructed spirits. So I know before spirit, I especially I saw some homebrews of spirits before Eldritch Moon and it just never seemed to pan out well because there just wasn't enough good cards out there. So this was Jeff Hoogland's Columbus list. He got 13th place with it. He has four Mausoleum Wanderers, which is one blue, a spirit, a 1-1 flying. Whenever another spirit enters the battlefield under your control, Mausoleum Wanderer gets plus one, plus one until end of turn. When you sacrifice Mausoleum Wanderer, counter target instant or sorcery spell unless its controller pays X, where X is Mausoleum Wanderer's power. So not only do you have a 1-1 body that when you play another spirit, which in this list, all the creatures are spirits except Archangel Abyssin. You know, so you're gonna you're gonna pump it up. And if they try to play an instant or something, boom, just sack it, counter it. I, I love creatures that can when you sack them, they do something like this, like counter, and it does a clash of wills type effect. Sort of. It's only instant or sorcery spells, but still good enough. Uh rattle change. Rattle change. Rattle Chains, you know, I'm really good at pronouncing names, y'all. Rattle Chains, it's one colorless and a blue. has flash and flying. And when Rattle Chains enters the battlefield... Uh, hold on, sorry. When Rattle Chains enters the battlefield, target spirit gains hexproof until end of turn. You may cast spirit spells as though they had flash. Um, that's This is really good for spot removal. So, you know, with Grasp of Darkness being as popular as it is, you flash and rattle chains. You, whatever spirit they're trying to kill, you give it hexproof, boom. And plus, when this is out in play, all your spirit spells have flash value. It's a 2-1 flyer. And, you know, what more can you want? Selfless Spirit, one colorless and a white, has flying. It's a 2-1 sacrifice Selfless Spirit. Creatures you control gain indestructible until end of turn. Perfect for if they're playing Radiant Flames or Kozilek's Return. A a anything like that. So that really good card. I, I like that as well. Spell Queller. Everybody's new favorite card that's going in Bant Company and many other decks. And by many other decks, I mean Bant Company. And heck, it's perfect in Blue White Spirits. It's one colorless white and a blue. Flash and flying, 2-3. When Spellqueller enters the battlefield, exile target spell converted mana cost 4 or less. When Spellqueller leaves the battlefield, the exiled card's owner may cast that card without paying its mana cost. <coughs> Excuse me. One of the things that is great about this card, especially with all the Collected Company decks, is you play this card while they're trying to cast Collected Company, and it exiles it. Uh, the thing that I like with the Blue-White Spirits is, is say you exile, you know, Spell Queller. Not, not exile, but you exile the spell as Spell Queller exiled. And if they try to play a spot removal or anything like that, you have Rattle Chains to give that spirit hexproof. 
And then everybody's favorite Archangel, Archangel Avacyn, which is three colorless and two white. Flash Flying Vigilance, a 4-4. When Archangel Avacyn enters the battlefield, creatures you control gain indestructible until end of turn. When a non-angel creature you control dies, transform Archangel Avacyn at the beginning of the next upkeep. And, in case you don't know, Avacyn becomes... Avacyn the Purifier, 6-5, flying. When this creature transforms into Avacyn the Purifier, it deals 3 damage to each other creature and each opponent. So the has 20 creatures it's playing. The land base is 8 islands, 8 plains, 1 meandering river, which is the white-blue tap land. Uh, 4 port town, 4 prairie stream. The spells it is playing is 3 stasis snare, which is 1 colorless, 2 white. Flash it in. When it enters the battlefield, exile target creature and opponent controls until Stasis Near leaves the battlefield. Anticipate. Look at the top three cards of your library. Put one of them into your hand and the rest on the bottom of your library. One colorless and a blue. Clash of Wills, which we mentioned earlier. It has an X cost in blue. Counter target spells unless it counter target spell unless its controller plays X. One Essence Flux, which is not a bad card. Um yeah it's not bad so it's only one of it though it's one blue instant exile target creature control then return that card to the battlefield under its owner's control if it's a spirit put a 1-1 counter on it ojatai's command which is two colorless white and a blue instant choose two of these modes return target creature convert a mana cost two or less from your graveyard to the battlefield you gain four life counter target creature spell and draw a card Scatter to the Winds, which is the one colorless and two blue two blue counter target spell, also has Awaken for four colorless and two blue. Two planar outbursts, three colorless, two white, destroy all non-land creatures, and it has an awaken cost of five colorless and three white. And that is the deck in a nutshell. Um, I'm not gonna really go over the sideboard too much. As I said before, it all depends on your meta. And I like this deck because it looks like a fun creature deck. Um, looks like it can be a really fast sort of aggro deck too. And, you know, especially with Archangel Avacyn in play. The, well, hold on. If you have Archangel Avacyn, one of your tokens dies. It's going to flip and deal two damage to every, every creature. You could sacrifice a Selfless Spirit to give your creatures indestructible. So all, all your spirit zone, it really depends on your board state. And yeah, the, I mean, there's the other plus where all the creatures are flying since in the, yeah, flying is pretty good right now. When I think about a lot of the meta decks, um, you know, you got Ishkana with the reach and the spider token she produces with reach. Uh, yeah. I've seen this deck, I've seen someone else make a brew of this. The one thing that I really liked what they did with it, though, with the blue-white spirits, was they added, I think, two to three always watching, and that just made the deck even crazier. Yeah, by turn three, do you really want to be casting always watching, though? Um, it does really help, because they're flyers with vigilance. All of them have vigilance, that's just insane. You know, I, I'm tempted to really try this deck out, and it's I pretty much have all the pieces except the four Archangel Avacyns. I've only got two, 
Um, at least she's gotten cheaper, way cheaper. And it definitely looks fun. It looks like a fun deck. Um, let's see. I think I put it right here. Uh, let me turn off the sound for it. Um, hold on. I'm just, I'm finding the video. Let's see. When are they going to start the match? So it looks like Jeff, I got a video of Jeff Hoogland playing Jack Fogle. Jeff is on the Blue White Spirits and Jack Fogle's on Band Company. Ooh, what a surprise. So it looks like uh, Jack Fogle's got two lands tapped and he's got a Sylvan Advocate. Um, it looks like it's his turn. He played a third land. Uh, Jeff is playing the Anticipate. Try to Probably trying to draw something. Looks like, is that a Silk Rat or Stasis Snare? Oh, no, that was a planar outburst. He doesn't have Silk Rat. Um, did he just get a land? All right, so he played a land, revealing. He's playing Port Town. So he's not playing anything. It's his third turn. He's bringing back to Jack Fogle. So that's interesting. You thought by now, because the times that I saw Blue White Spirits, it was played more as an aggro deck. So that's interesting that he hasn't played anything yet. And while, all right, what do we got here? Jack Fogel's thinking. He's thinking. And let's skip ahead a little bit. So he played, so it looks like Jack Fogel tried to play Anissa only to be countered, quote unquote, by Spell Queller, which only exiles it. So that's not a bad move at all. And Jack Fogel just responds with playing in Evolving Wilds. So it looks like, um... It goes back to Jeff's turn, and he attacks with a Spell Queller, dealing two damage. And he's got another Spell Queller in hand. It looks like he's just waiting it out. You know, that seems to be the smarter play with all these Spell Quellers, just waiting it out. Be more reactive to your opponent. And just hope that he doesn't have another Spell Queller. Alright, so let's see here. So, Jack cracked the... Jack cracked. Jack cracked on... Nah, I don't fucking know. Alright, so he cracked the Evolving Wilds. Does he have a Collected Company in hand? No, I don't see one. I do see a Reflector Mage, though. That could be a problem. He could try to play the Reflector Mage or not. It looks like he's got a Tireless Tracker. He's going to try and play. Tireless Tracker is less of a threat than a Reflector Mage right now. So, what's Jeff going to do against... He's going to Spell Queller it? Mm. You know, I don't know if that was the best play. Especially with knowing Reflector Mage. I don't. I think I would have waited for the Reflector Mage to come out. Unless he's got another Spell Queller or something to kill it. So Jeff goes and attacks with two Spell Quellers. Attacking for four. And he's got a Mausoleum Wanderer out. Okay, so let's go back to Jack's turn. So is he going to play the Reflector Mage? That seems to be the best move right now. Because um, right now Jeff's board is the Mausoleum Wanderer and two Spell Quellers, which they have the Tireless Tracker and Nyssa exiled. Okay, so let's see. He's going to 
tap it. I would really play the Reflector Mage, probably getting back... Um, would I want to get Nissa back? Because yet you get closer to lands. Yeah, I would probably target the Nissa one. That way you boost your Sylvan Advocate to a 4-5. Oh, so he had a Rattle Chains in hand, giving it a Hexproof. Well, there you go. Okay, never mind. I didn't see the Rattle Chains in hand. See, this is where I like watching the Pro Tour. Because the Pro Tour has people that show what's in both players' hands. It's really hard to commentate with not knowing what's in their hands because you, you can only really guess. If you can't see what they draw, because I'm probably making a lot of stupid calls right now, and I apologize for that. It's just I literally can't see what's in their hands. And sometimes when they draw a card and it's visible, it's hard to tell because the quality of the video may not be the best. So, All right, so it looks like Jack is playing another Sylvan Advocate. He's got two Sylvanics in hand. I mean, Jeff can just keep on attacking in the air. He's got a, he has another Spell Queller in hand, so... He's got Archangel Avacyn, a Spell Queller. Is that a Stasis Snare, I see? I don't know. I'm, I'm sort of, like, leaning. It's funny. If, if you can see the video, I'm sort of, like, leaning into the video that I'm watching because I can't freaking see what he's playing. <laughs> or what he's got in his hand, I mean. So, Jeff is thinking, it's back to Jeff's turn now, and I don't know if I would even play another Spirit right now. If I did, I'd play a cheap one. This is round two of the match. Yeah, he's just going all out and attacking. Attacking for three, four, five, six, seven. For seven. It looks like so. It should bring him down to seven. Uh, yep. Alright, so... It looks like in Jack's hand I see a plane and <laughs> I can't freaking see it. Um, so he's sort of in a predicament right now. He can't stop any of the flying. He's has no flyers. And whatever he plays, Jeff can just exile it right now. So this see this blue white spirit seems to be in a good matchup against Bant Company, because all of Bant Company's creatures right now are just all ground creatures. I mean, they do have spell quellers. I do see lists of spell quellers, which is your only flyers. But, man, it puts you in a tough position here. So, Jack is really contemplating on what he wants to do here. So, let's skip ahead and see what he does. He plays a land. He looks like he went and attacked with Reflector Mage, bringing Jeff down to two. that right too um yeah there's nothing jack can do yep so it looked like on so jeff it was on jeff's turn jack tried to play a collected company and jeff just spell quellered it and boom killed him so that deck i like the way jeff was playing he was playing it very reactive the times i saw it played at my lgs was it was a very aggro ish deck playing it reactive especially towards bant company seems to be the better avenue to go um if i were to play this i don't know if i would do four archangel avisons jeez and i'm only saying that because i don't feel like spending money on two more archangel avisons if you want to send me archangel avisons you can email me at mtgzubi at gmail.com and 
you know, we'll talk, we'll talk business here. All right. So the last deck I wanted to go over tonight, and I know, I know it's getting a little bit over, over an hour here. So the last deck is, it, it looked fun. Um, if you know me, I love playing control. Control is one of my favorite archetypes. And I haven't been playing control this standard because I'm not that interested in black-white control. Um, though this kind of control looks more fun. Um, it is black-white angel control. The creatures, and not many creatures, that's when you know it's a good control deck when there's not a lot of creatures. Because this format is so creature-heavy. It's like all of magic is becoming creature-heavy here. So we've got two Thalia's Lancers, which is three colorless, two white. It's a 4-4 first strike human knight. Okay, so the reason why you want this card in your deck. When Thalia's Lancers enters the battlefield, you may search your library for a legendary creature card, reveal it, put it into your hand, then shuffle your library. The reason why this card is in this deck because this card has one Bruna the Fading Light, which is the five colorless, two, two white. When you cast Burn of the Fading Light, you may return target angel or human creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield. It has Flying Vigilance of 5-7. And then you have Gisela, the Broken Blade, 2 colorless, 2 white. Flying First Strike Lifelink at the beginning of your end step. If you own if you own and control Gisela, the Broken Blade, and a creature named Burn of the Fading Light, exile them and then meld them into Brisella, Voice of Nightmares. So, if you've been following at all what Brisella is, you should know this card. If you don't, Brisella is an insane creature. And the art of it is just freaky. It is a 9-10 Eldrazi Angel with Flying First Strike, Vigilance, Lifelink, and your opponents can't cast spells or convert a mana cost 3 or less. Damn. So, that is why you have Thalia's Lancers, to try and get that Bruna and Gisela combo going. You have one Archangel Avacyn. We already went over that. Two Kalidus, Traitor of Get. We already went over. We did not go over what Linvala the Preserver is. Four colorless and two white. Flying, 5-5. Five, five. When Linvala the Preserver enters the battlefield, if an opponent has more life than you, you gain five life. Not bad. When Linvala enters the battlefield, if an opponent controls more creatures than you, put a 3-3 three, three white angel creature token with flying onto the battlefield. Also not bad. Even by itself, just a 5-5 five, five flyer. Not too bad for six. Yeah, it's a little costly. But, you know, with you being black, white, angel control, you're on the long game anyway. You're going to try to be. So, the Planeswalkers are two Liliana of Hope, one Obnixilis Reignited, which is three colorless, two black. It starts with five loyalty counters. It's plus one as you draw a card and you lose one life. Negative three, destroy target creature. And the ultimate, negative eight, target opponent gets an emblem with whenever a player draws a card, you lose two life. And it also has Soren Grim Nemesis which is four colorless, white, and a black. Starts with six loyalty counters, which that is a lot for a Planeswalker. It's plus one is revealed the top card of your library. Put that card in your hand. Each opponent loses life equal to its converted mana cost. Damn. Negative X, Soren Grim ne Nemesis deals X damage to target creature or Planeswalker, and you gain X life. Not bad. Uh, the ultimate, negative nine... Put a number of 1-1 Black Vampire Knight creature tokens with lifelink onto the battlefield equal to the highest life total among all players. You know, I want to put this card in my Loro EDH deck. Jeez. You know, like, oh, I have 100 life and I neg 9 and I've got 100 Black Vampire Knight creature tokens with lifelink on the battlefield now. 
And then someone plays like a Damnation or Wrath of God. Fuck. No. Damn it. Why? Um, lands are 26 lands. Plain, five plains, eight swamps, four cave of Coleus, which is the black-white pain land. Forsaken Sanctuary, which is the black-white tap land. Four shambling vent, which is the black-white um, creature land, which becomes a 2-3 uh, elemental creature with lifelink. And one, I'm probably saying this wrong, Geyer, Geyer, Geyer Reach Sanitarium. It's a legendary land. You add colorless to your mana pool. Pay, pay two colorless. Tap. Each player draws a card, then discards a card. Not bad. Um, the spells it has is one Anguish on Making, which is an instant one, one colorless white and a black. Exile target non-land permanent, you lose three life. One Blessed Alliance, which is one colorless and a white, has Escalate 2, pay this cost for each mode chosen beyond the first. Choose one or more, target player gains four life, untap up to two target creature, target opponent sacrifices an attacking creature. I like the last one. Definitely. Four Grasp of Darkness, target creature gets negative four, negative four until end of turn. I already discussed that. Two Ultimate Price. One colorless and a black, destroy target monocolored creature. Two duress, which we've talked about. Three languish. Three read to bone. Two colorless and a black. Scry two, then draw two cards. You lose two life. Uh, then three ruinous path. Um, not going over the sideboard, but it's definitely looking like an interesting deck. Um, kind of similar to the black-white control we see, but more angel-themed. Um, is it as good as we think it is? I mean, it's still really early. I mean, is it gonna, does it have some legs? The guy who played it, Ronnie Rittner, did get eighth place in it. So he had to have obviously done something right. Let's see the game. Okay, so, hold on, I don't know, did I want to see? No, he loses the first round. I wanted to show one that, where he wins. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. So he's up against Bant Company. Um, here, no, I think I wanted to look at the last game. Here we go. Let me start. Because they go to game three. Let me just start start of this. Oh, someone followed me. Why, thank you, T-Dog. Thank you, T-Dog, for following me here. Um, okay, so this is the start of the third match. Um, let's see, so it's Ronnie Rittner, Black White Angels versus Bank Company here. Who is, what's the guy's name? Christopher Wettinger? Wettinger? Wendinger? I don't know. Um, so let's see. So it looks like it's about turn four. Uh, one of the things that... Does he have... I don't think I see Chris with a green mana right now. Alright, so Ronnie plays Kalidus Trader of Get. Oh, so he does have green mana. He does collect a company. Let's see what Christopher gets for his collected company. He's getting out the six cards. And let's see what he's got. And I see a Spell Queller... 
Yeah, he gets the spell queller, which exiles the Kalidus because he did the collected company in response to Kalidus. And, oh, only had one creature. Oh, not that great. So, one thing that Christopher has has to be thinking that his spellcaller is not going to last that long. It's black, white angels, but it has a control shell. He's got to know that it's going, it's going away soon. Um, so it's back to Christopher's turn. He's got, well, he has another collected company in hand. He's going to attack with the spellcaller and bringing Ronnie down to 18. And what do we got here? He's going to tap two, play Sylvan advocate. And now it's back to Ronnie's turn. He's got, he drew a pain land, it looked like. He's going to tap three. He's going to kill that spell queller. Oh, he ruined his path, the spell queller. Oh, negate. Negated that ruinous path. Nice, Christopher. And he taps two pain lands. He's going to grasp the darkness, the spell queller. Because Christopher is tapped out and has that Kalidus. Is he going to attack with that Kalidus? No, he is not, because that would be a dumb move. He would gain life that way, though. But it would just mean that he would take more life back when Christopher goes to attack. So Christopher does have another collected company in hand. He's going to play a Canopy Vista. It's going to come in tap because he only has one basic land. He collected companies again. Christopher collected companies on his turn. Let's see what he's got. Was that a Duskwatch, a Reflector Mage, and a Duskwatch? So he's going to put Kalidus back in his hand. So, yeah, it's looking one-sided here that Christopher is just on the ball here. Wait, why did he tap his Sylvan? Okay, oh, it was a mistake. Okay, let's skip ahead here. So, it looked like Christopher read the bones, and he's killing off Sylvan Advocate with ultimate price. Let's skip ahead a few turns, because I don't feel like... Especially with these control matchups, it goes pretty long, so that's why I'm sort of skipping ahead. Um, he just played another... Jeez. Okay, so maybe Ronnie doesn't win this round at all. Because he's down to 8, and Christopher's still at 20. It's going to be tough. And so what is he trying to play? Is that Transgress the Mine in his hand? See, this is why I wish I knew what was in the hand, so I could see it. Yeah, transgress the mind to see what's in his hand. A negate and tireless tracker. Ugh. That negate, though. Playing Kalidus. Okay. Yeah, it looks like Ronnie is going to have a hard time here. I'm just skipping ahead, and it's gone to turns. Yeah, I don't think... Let me just skip ahead a little bit here. Oh, so Ronnie managed to get some counters on Kalidus, probably sacrificing zombies here. So oh, it looks like things have turned around. Yeah, I skipped ahead a little bit because I don't have enough time to watch the whole thing. So he just played Athalia. Ronnie did, and he's probably going to reveal... What is he going to reveal? I'd say Archangel Avacyn. Unless he's got like a Bruna or Gisela in the graveyard to bring back. Yeah, brought back Archangel Avison, which is, I feel, the smarter move. He could flash that in, and he's got the mana to flash it in. So that's definitely good. 
So it's on turns right now. It's on turn three. He flashed or he played Archangel Avacyn. And there's not much that Christopher can do here. He's got a Reflector Mage. He can Reflector Mage back um, Archangel at least. So he could have ground blockers. That's probably the best bet that I would do. So we're down to turns here. Bant Company versus Black White Angels. And he has a Reflector Mage in hand. And he targets Avacyn, which is the smart move. He does Ronnie does have an ultimate price in hand. He can kill no, he can't kill off the Reflector Mage. Ultimate price is only for monocolored. Um he does not have any removal. He does have shambling vents, which he could activate as well and attack with. He's gonna block. Okay, so that ends up in a draw. Um, hold on. Let me see what his mana was. He only had one Shambling Vent, so he at most would have been able to get two damage in. Not enough. So, yeah, it goes to a draw. And, yeah, that's about it. So, those were the decks I really want to discuss tonight. And I just want to thank everybody for listening and watching. And like I said, for everybody who's listening to the audio, I apologize. I tried my best to make it sound where you could picture it in your head as best as I could. Yeah, I slacked off a little bit in the Blackwood Angels. It's getting late, and that match control deck control decks are usually pretty long. Next time I do it, I may just do two decks that I want to look at. I thought three would be good, but three went on a little bit too long here. So, all right. So, I hope everybody has a good night, and thank you for listening to Magic with Zuby.